Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm at home in one of the upstairs rooms of my house with my Bible open to Luke chapter 10, where Jesus has, is sending out 72 of his disciples. He's sending them out into the surrounding villages, and he's sending them two by two, and he's giving them some very specific instructions. And in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 5, he tells them this. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. Now Jesus is showing us what the ecclesia on mission looks like. The ecclesia is the word that Jesus used for church, which was simply an assembly of at least two or three gathering with the authority of their king. Jesus described the church this way, as a group of people who were sent to expand the reign of the kingdom of God into the places occupied by the gates of Hades. This is exactly what Jesus is doing here. He's sending 72 believers out, two by two, into those surrounding villages. Now, there are four specific things that Jesus instructs these 72 to do as they go out into these different villages. And I believe the order is important for us to take note of as well. He says there in verses 5 and 6, When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who proclaims peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. So the first thing he tells them to do, pray peace upon each house, to bless. Begin to pray blessings for people. Pray for God's peace and his presence. What you're asking for is the presence of God to descend on that person or on that place. Now, what is God's promise in response to our faith? He says, your peace, your blessing will rest on them. Now, we focused on this aspect of the mission in more detail in the previous podcast. So I'm going to continue in the next couple of verses, verses 7 and 8. Jesus then says, stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the workers deserve their wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. So the, so the second thing that Jesus instructs them to do is to build relationship with those who have welcomed you to fellowship. Each pair of two disciples went out and sought um, a man of peace and then prayed for God's peace to infuse their home. And then they shared food and fellowship. They didn't go door to door. Or if they did, they stopped when there was an opportunity for them to invest in relationship. It says they ate what was offered, met them where they were at. And then in verse 9, 
He continues, he says, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. So the third thing Jesus tells them to do is to heal the sick. Now notice that it doesn't say pray for the sick, but heal the sick. This doesn't mean not to pray for the sick, but what it's inferring is that we are to be the instrument of God that meets the need that is before you. And when the 72 came back to Jesus, the first thing that they said was, the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, Jesus hadn't told them to go and cast out demons, but that was, that was the need that some of them encountered. So they healed the sick by casting them out. So if someone is sick, pray and do what you can to heal that person, to meet that need. If the felt need of that home is something different, be the conduit through which God meets that need. This is where things get both exciting and a little scary. Exciting because God loves to answer prayer on behalf of those who don't yet know him in order to reveal his love and his presence to people. Throughout the book of Acts, you see the gospel being accompanied by power encounters, answers to prayer that affirm the message that was being shared. Now, this can be a little scary because we don't have the ability to meet spiritual needs or to heal the sick or to create miraculous answers to prayer. And that's really the whole point, isn't it? We are, in obeying his directive, making ourselves available for God to move through us and to touch and transform another person's life. Will everyone receive it? No. Luke 10 says that there will be those who reject the message and in those cases, kick the dust off your shoes and move on. But as we'll see, that's not generally what happened at all. So in Luke 10, verse 9, Jesus says, So heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. So that's the final thing. Tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is key. Having prayed, having invested in relationship, having intervened to meet their felt need. Now tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. And how has the kingdom of God come near to them? Through the ecclesia. Two had gathered and come in Jesus' name. Through them, the presence and authority of God was on display as they prayed blessings, as they fellowshiped with them and healed the sick. We see in Luke 10, God's presence was now coming to a place occupied by the gates of Hades and displacing it while expanding the kingdom of God into that place. This is the same way in which the kingdom of God expands today. Now, what happened when the 72 returned and reported what had happened to Jesus? In verse 17 there of Luke 10, it says, The 72 returned with joy and said, Look, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. 
Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. There is nothing on earth with greater potential to transform the world than the church. We are the church. We are the ecclesia in whom God has chosen to place his Holy Spirit. The authority of the kingdom is established where two or three gather in his name. The authority Satan wields now is a usurped authority. We've been given the commission and the authority as the ecclesia to bind the enemy and to loose the blessing and peace of God where the gates of hell continue to hold captives. So what if, as ambassadors of Christ, as those who have been fitted with the sandals of the gospel of peace, if we prayed and asked God for our city, what if, as spirit-filled ministers of God's ecclesia, we chose to shepherd and pastor those within our world? God desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, I was considering recently the difference between how we pray for our children as opposed to how we pray for people who are not members of our own family. The difference is striking, isn't it? Both in terms of frequency of prayer and fervency of prayer. Yet when we choose to adopt someone, for instance, we make the choice to now treat that person as part of our family. God has done that with us. Romans 8, 15 says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. The benefit we receive from God as adopted children is profound. Jesus intercedes for us as children whom he loves. The Bible says that even God's discipline is like that of a loving father who desperately desires the best for his children. He's adopted us. So what do you suppose would happen if we were to adopt our street or our workplace or our city? The difference being that in our thoughts and prayers, they would no longer be orphaned places that we criticize, but adopted children whom we bless, encourage, and for whom we seek the best in both prayer and deed. So where has God placed you? Have you ever considered that God has placed you on this earth to disciple nations, not just Christians? I've begun praying for my street, I speak God's promises over my street, that Jesus died so that none should perish, but that everyone should come to repentance and a saving knowledge of him. I bless every household by name, if I know them, and in general, if I don't, several times a week. I'm looking for opportunities to fellowship with them and to hear their story. I'm looking for other believers where I live so that the canopy of prayer over my street will be extended and God's power increased. The people on my street don't know that I'm their pastor, but I know that they are my sheep. I've adopted them. I want to see what would happen if we actually just took Jesus at his word 
and did what Jesus instructed the 72 to do here in Luke chapter 10. If we began to pray blessings and peace, fellowship and build relationships, heal the sick, meet felt needs, and share the good news of the kingdom. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. This is Christ's vision for the church. Let's not settle for apathy or mediocrity, but let us press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of us. Amen.